A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, welcome to the 380th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patron Kevin O'Brien, Adam Bricker, and Andy Landon. I'm Matt Enlow. And I'm Warren Kaplan. And today we've got our editor slash uh, filmmaking bud, Noah Bashor, on the podcast. Uh, we have not missed an episode for, I estimated probably about 350 weeks, and yeah. we're not going to miss it now. <laughs> Uh, except, however, today we were like, oh, crap, we don't have our episode for tomorrow. And Noah just filmed a movie. Uh, I gave him some feedback. Matt, of course, has not watched it yet. Yep. Yeah, yeah, true to form, <laughs> Orn procrastinates by helping other people. You know, obviously, you haven't finished the film yet, but you finished filming it and you've done some pickups and you've done some sound stuff. Just to set the table for people who haven't listened before, Noah, you're straight out of school. It's a real movie, but, you know, it's like your first scrappy independent movie right like you and your pals making a movie together which i think many of our listeners can relate to they either want to do what you have just done or have just done it themselves so with that said what did you learn what i've learned is uh have like a thorough plan for post-production like you said we shot the movie the movie's done we got all the footage i edited the movie and we're basically picture locked i'm at the point where I'm doing all of the sound stuff myself. And and I know that wasn't initially the plan. We did like the initial round of fundraising and like that was purely just for production. And then in the winter after we shot everything in the fall, we did a second round for, for post and we allocated as much money we as we thought were essential. And we raised and planned out like a certain amount for sound design and like mixing and all that. And I thought it was like enough but like as we were like reaching out to certain folks. When you say reach out to certain folks, are you trying to license sound effects? Are you reaching out to specific artists? Who who are the folks you're reaching out to in, in that regard? Recommendations from like the people within our network. Like, hey, this is like a sound person that I know could maybe be down for this if they have the time mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. if they want to help us out because it's like a low budget thing. But right. just due to circumstances and just like probably the amount that like we were able to offer just because it's like truly just like a baby movie. Uh, it just didn't work out that we were able to like scoop up the people that we had available to us. So it just kind of came down to like me being the guy to not only edit the entire movie, but also, you know, do the sound design and also do the mixing for, for the whole thing. Were you offering money? Yeah. 
to the sound designer and sound mixer and stuff? Yeah. Not a lot. We, yeah. Just because we don't have a lot. But um, nobody took the money and ran. Nobody took the money and ran. Uh, some people watched it and was like, hey, cool movie. And then they didn't talk to us again. But like... <laughs> sure they're like "Ah, i really could use some sound design i think just to fill it out it's pretty cool but like just you need to take it over the edge i hope you find someone but sound Um, too is like i mean you know like robert rodriguez like all these like famous low budget like the seven thousand dollar movie or primer you know like shane crude's movie it's like these movies that are made for no money and then they get into sundance or whatever and then they go and they pay for like a professional sound mix big big sound mix yeah exactly and like i think that's kind of like the dream scenario for us is that like we do take it to a festival and like somebody will just like come in and be like hello noah we love this this is great and then like maybe we'll get helped out in in some way i think that would be pretty cool probably not i've never done this before and i've I think that's kind of like the exception pretty much yeah. is like those kinds of like indie yeah. darling stuff. Wait, back when, in the day. It, or, or in what were the movies you referenced? Primer. Primer and uh, Desperado or who, whatever Robert Rodriguez is. So yeah. were either was. of them released in the year 2000 or later? Uh, I don't believe. I d- so. Well, two, I don't well believe Primer, so. Primer for sure. Is that was, right? Like, I, what year was like, Primer? Probably and like, 2003. Yeah, probably 2005. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe something. But like your your point is like it's like a completely different landscape for the yeah. industry and filmmaking yeah. in general. And it's just like not like it's like a it's a nice idea, but it's just like kind of not the reality anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's the hard side of the coin. The, the bad side of the coin. Primer came out in 2005 uh, DVD release. Um, yeah. It's and it's great. But also they didn't have the technology that you have, Noah. This is true. And so uh, I think the flip side is that you can definitely mix a movie at home or, you know, in a in an environment where you're using prosumer or consumer grade materials and put that up on Prime iTunes and get it out to more people than saw Primer um, in, in the best case scenario. But even if it's like just kind of a standard scenario of like, you know, it's up on a handful of streamers, you can still release it. Whereas like the movies that did, that weren't primer that same year are in somebody's closet, never to be seen again. Right. But I'm also willing to guess that like at least half the movies that premiered at Tribeca this year were submitted with uh, the sound mix done with the the editing. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. So it's like, to me, yeah, sure. There's like the technical side of it that you're bringing up, but there's this idea that you make a movie and you don't know if it's any good. Right. Um, and then you start submitting it to festivals and you're like, should I spend more time making this sound perfect and this spend all this work, getting this perfect music track or do this. And it, it's hard to figure out because you also have to make money and you have to pay for things and all these other things. But once you get into the festival, whether someone comes to you and says, hey, Noah, we're going to give you $20,000 for your sound mix. Or you say, you know what? I got into, you know, South by, or I got into like Nantucket Film Festival or some film festival that's, you're like, this could be an, an opportunity. I think it is worth it for me to put another five grand, 10 grand of my own money in or borrow some from my parent or do something because it this this is a certain level of validation that will be good for my career in the long run. And so I think... You know, like making a feature film. It, it's crazy how like making an 80 minute feature film is so different than making like a 25 minute short film. You know, I think in like, like there's just something about features versus shorts where I feel like the feature you want, like 
the sound, you want the ADR and you want the Walla groups and you want the sound mix and you want the perfect songs and you want all that stuff. And with the short, of course, you also want all that stuff. But I think it's less expected that that everything will be built out as thoroughly as you do it for a feature. I mean, I think that might be on a filmmaker to filmmaker basis, but like no one's ever like, oh, Noah, your short debut, like your first short, like no one cares, right? Your first feature that is meaningful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hey, buddy, you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I hear your point, Warren, of like you really want to put your the TLC into a sound mix. And that's I'm not saying that that's not the case, but I guess I'm saying that like the difference between what you can do at home now and what you could do at home in 2003 is still pretty different, you know. True, truly. All. And also, I hate to break it to you, Noah, but you are an audio professional. No, what I was going to say, it's like uh, it would be one thing if like I had virtually like no experience with like anything sound related but like when i was in school i took like a sound design course and i kind of like did a pretty good job and that was like four years ago and i'm out of school and i'm like editing the show for y'all and like i have like this other experience where like it's not this big daunting thing it's like an achievable thing and like i have mm -hmm. like the like the actual like tools to like go out and make it so there's mm -hmm. that angle on it where like the technology is there and i have the experience to to take on this role since like things fell through uh, so it's just like the advice, I guess, like, or the, the wisdom is just like, you know, like if things fall through, no matter what, you're the person. So you have to like get the stuff and like learn how to do it. I, I love that. Noah. you know, it also reminds me of just a little thing that I feel like I've seen filmmakers to this day have an issue with, and that is music licensing specifically. Like if you want a really cool song, a famous song, you're like, when I was writing the screenplay, I was obsessed with this track. Um, and then you put it in the temp and you fall in love with it. And then even worse, you're like, okay, we'll license it for festivals. And then back in the day, it used to be like, you could put all this crazy music in your movie, play it at Sundance and license it for a fraction of the cost. And then the distributor would pick up the tab. That does not happen anymore. And so I still meet filmmakers who are like, yeah, we had to cut out this XYZ song and put it with some sound alike. And uh, like it still, it still happens in order to get their movie up on iTunes. And then it's not really your movie and you kind of rush the edit. Like you cut it to the, the track that you were going to use. So I'm just saying, everyone, just find the music that you can afford, license it in perpetuity and be done with it. That's that's my answer. And if you really, 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 really need that Supreme song, then you have to build it into the budget from the beginning. And frankly, probably shouldn't. <laughs> because a Supreme song, it's going to cost you $50,000 and maybe that's the difference between making your movie and not. Totally. I big agree. Like in uh, one of the earlier cuts of the movie there's like a moment in a scene where i use the song hawaiian roller coaster ride from lilo and stitch as mm -hmm. like a payoff to like a earlier thing about lilo and stitch in the movie and it's mm -hmm. really it's really funny mm -hmm. but it's never going to be in the movie because like i i'm not going to give the mouse a dime i refuse yeah so it's yeah, not yeah. it's not in the movie but it's like you really have to go about it like by what you're saying is like get the music that you can use like like really approach it from that way from the beginning so from the beginning of like writing this 
I was like making a writing playlist using music from like very small indie artists that I really like. And it felt like it fit the tone of the story and of the movie. And there's a specific artist that I kept coming back to. Uh, her, her name is Ings. Came to a point where it's like, I feel like I'd, I could reach out to her and just like, hey, like say like, hey, wrote it with your music in mind. And like, there's certain bits where like your tracks pop up, check it out. And so I, that's what I did. And she read it and she's like, super loves the movie and she's seen it and she is our composer and like she is licensing out specific tracks from her like eps and albums she's made and like and you didn't know her ahead of time no i've never met her in person i've only met her like over like like google meet calls and stuff like that and like she's she's gonna do all the music for us starting next month but it's like it's i I, it's kind of the approach that i want to go to go for and like indefinitely it's just like don't shoot for the stars with like trying to get like a Harry style song or something. It's like sift through Spotify or like Bandcamp and like find these like independent people that you could like just be buddies with or whatever, or just like show that you yeah. really care about their art and like work with them and like try to make it happen. I think that's like the better way. I I love that so much, Noah. I do have the caveat that totally um, that approach is awesome. The, the, the tricky thing is that, this is less of a thing now, but quote unquote independent artists used to still be signed to labels. Small ones, sub pop, you know, bar suck, whatever, which means that they don't own the rights to their music, right? So they, they have to be a truly self-published independent artist for them to be able to be cool with literally being the only person signing it over because those other labels, even if they represent really small artists, their main business is not selling records, it's licensing that music. And so that's the tricky thing. I feel like, I think Bandcamp is probably your best bet in terms of like, oh, if this person is self-published, then you've got a real fighting chance at being like, hey, I love your music because it's flattering, right? Like the, the person that you re- reached out to, they were like, oh, this is cool. I see another artist who is inspired by me. Of course, I'm going to give them the time of day. But, you know, that, that's, that's the little bit of research you have to do just to make sure that they literally have the rights to their own music, which is kind of a newer thing, basically. Totally. 100%. We really lucked out that like Ings is like fully owns all of her stuff. And yeah, also awesome. I think Bandcamp is an angle, but also uh, I think TikTok is too. Cause like, I think bands owning other stuff and also being just like the self promotion mm-hmm. engine on TikTok. I think it's a good place to go and like try to find people and like reach out with people and like connect with people. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. No, what is your final uh, piece of advice? Believe in your vision and like be vocal about that vision. Like I, I, on some episode, I forget which one, like Matt, you made the joke about like, uh, there's like a joke about like the first time director, like how many first time directors does it take to like screw in a light bulb? And like you, you say like, I, I don't know. know. What, what do you, you think? Yeah, I make that joke all the time. I think I made it in the Roxy episode. You might've cut it out. No, no, it was in there. It's my favorite. It's very funny and it's very true. And like there, that wasn't me, but there, there was a little bit of me in that. I could, I recognize myself in that, in the sense, and like I've had a decent amount of months to like reflect on like being that first time director and like having a lot of takeaways and like recognizing like, oh, I would do this better. But like believe in your vision and be vocal about it in the sense of like, there's the anxious brain where you're like, ooh, I'm just trying to be like the people pleaser, make sure everyone likes me so that nobody leaves because it's a very, Sure, because if they leave, I can't make my movie anymore. Can't make yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah, so yeah. like that that's like a, a real fear and it's a real anxiety, but also like people are gonna be more on board and respect you if you're just like, This is this is the movie, this is the vision, mm-hmm. like I know what I want out of this scene, like this is how we're gonna get the coverage and just mm-hmm. just be be vocal and like don't like hesitate or be anxious in that way. Only people can I, will, can I modify your language a tiny bit? No, to, abs- yeah, totally. Because I think that there's a difference between this is what I want and this is what we need. Right. Totally. And and like what I want, it's like, Oh, well, whatever Oren wants, right? Like it's easy to roll your eyes about that. Right. Um, But what Oren, it's basically Oren, your point about the integrity of the project. That's what we're talking about. And it's not a personal thing. It's, I understand this film and I'm trying to help you understand it better so that we can all work together to make it what we're aiming for. The kind of energy that like I subscribe to is like we're in this creative space and the hierarchy that is like present is there to like lean back on when like, because like the buck stops with me, like I'm the guy, like I am like making the decisions of like, what do we need for this? And like, that is like where that comes in. And like a lot of the time though, it's like talking with our two actors and like problem solving and being like, okay, what is the best idea to approach this situation same thing with like the the dp and like other you know department heads and stuff like that but it's just like as like an anxious person i found myself being like ooh, Mm -hmm. being timid 
mm-hmm. like there's there's not really room for that like you really just have to like in a this is all probably obvious to to both of you guys but like for me it's like it's like building up like the confidence of being like hey like i wrote this whole movie and like i have these like comps that like i've, I've built out i have these like vision boards it's like people are here they're here to make your movie and like they're here for a reason like like let's go like guide them you know we're all in this together high school musical you know yeah yeah yeah. so that's a reference we don't understand <laughs> the biggest like lesson i think that i've it took me many years to learn as a director but is super useful is just that like making any decision is mm-hmm. better than making only the right decisions does that make sense yeah. like totally yeah that yeah. you we get so scared that we'll make the wrong decision but totally it's really just all you have to do is make a decision and then just make it yeah yeah um, Yeah. it doesn't matter if it's the right or the wrong one it just matters that you made it i had like a third fun one Uh was just like yeah what's your joke uh the joke one is uh jesse carl is the best actress in the world she's my lead actress in the movie like kyle is also amazing but we just had a phone call where we were talking about like love and relationships and just like goofing or whatever but the, the stemming from that is just the idea of like when you're casting people or just bringing on crew on like an indie thing is just make sure you, you know, you're bringing on people that like, that you like, that you like, you know, that like you're going to be in the trenches with and that you just have that trust. So Jesse's great. And just, you know, find your Jesse in whatever aspect of your movie that you need kind of thing. Awesome. Noah. Well, we can't wait to see how the rest of post goes and what happens with the film and congrats. Do you want to endorse something real quick before we run off? Yeah. Unpaid endorsements. I'm going to endorse this brand called Movies Brand. Uh, it's ran by a filmmaker named Kentucker Oddly. You can go onto this Movies Brand website and you could buy uh, hats that say the word movies on them. Uh, they have like other ones that say like, like Art House Garbage and PG-13 and stuff like that. And the reason I'm endorsing it is because they're going out of business. Uh, this month on the 21st of uh, July is apparently going to be like the last day that you can like order anything from this brand. I'm wearing the movie hat right now. Uh, and I've been like wearing their stuff, I think since like 2018 or something. It's kind of like a niche clothing hat brand, but like it's pretty popular amongst like certain filmmakers. Like I know they, Kentucker said on his Instagram that like there's been like photos of like uh, one of the Safdie brothers wearing mm. their hat and like Kyle Mooney from like SNL and stuff like that. And like different like indie filmmakers or cool just like guys people in the like industry. Me and Noah. I mean, but you know, a lot of we've seen pictures of uh, a lot of cool people wearing just shoot it hats also. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, David cool. DuVernay, um, <laughs> Jordan Peele, Jordan Steven Peele, Spielberg, Alfred uh, Hitchcock, Charlie, Charlie Chaplin, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Yeah. Just the greats. <laughs> I have one quick nugget thing. Uh, so I'm in Michigan and I live in Grand Rapids and, uh, we have like a film scene that we're trying to build out here. And we have this thing called the Grand Rapids Film Society. When this is going to air, uh, on Thursday, uh, we have this thing called like the round table. And it's basically like a big event where filmmakers can come and like be in like, like a writer's group or like a filmmaking group and just talk and like hang out and stuff like that. So it's very local. It's a very niche thing, but if you're in Michigan and if you're anywhere near Grand Rapids, like come to the event on Thursday or just like any of the future stuff because we're trying to make stuff. So how, how do they find you? Uh, it's a the Grand Rapids Film Society. I think you could probably just like Google it, but we have like an Instagram. It's just uh, GR Film Society. 
Uh, I think we're we're basically just like taking cues from like the stuff that the Austin Film Society kind of got going and just cool. trying to emulate that with. Uh, and there's like an eyes wide shut kind of vibe to it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna pull up and everyone's gonna be wearing like masks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you need the password. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's grfilm.org. Looks like you guys have got a lot of cool stuff. They do screenings of like cool movies and then like they always have like a little talk before and then like everyone hangs out afterwards and we go to a bar and just everyone just talks about it and then they also have like these networking events like the round table where like people can come together and we're basically trying to be more self-generating and we have like a writer's group and we're all trying to like help each other like write the next like indie movie to make in town and we all just like we'll come together and make that one that's awesome oh yeah noah this is my endorsement stupid one matt you're gonna hate this can't wait Everyone knows it, but sometimes people forget about it. That's my least favorite part. Low power mode on the iPhone. <laughs> if you're traveling and you're going to be out all day, first thing you do in the morning, put your phone on low power mode and just travel, you know, all over. We were out taking photos, doing GPS all day, maps and everything. And like I can get my phone to last like two, almost three days if I just put it on low power mode right in the morning. And um and I'm still using it nonstop, like for videos and photo- and photos. Were and you were you using your data, or had you turned your data off? Yeah, data was on. I use everything. Oh. The only thing that low power mode really does that that I, that is noticeable is it turns your screen off like very fast, um, mm-hmm. you know. And also, it doesn't like check your emails in the background all the time. It like checks your email like right. once an hour or something. Yeah. Deal. Or Great. you can manually so- check them. Life sounds better that way. Um, yeah. yeah, I would say also if you're traveling, um, you've done the thing where you can pre-download the maps to the areas that you're going to be going to, so you don't need to use as much data. Um, awesome. Okay, well, my unpaid endorsement, uh, Dad, uh, Dad. Mm-hmm. Yes, son? Have you read the new Dad Code New York Times article? Uh, no, I have not. It's great. It is a, a list of... Just like the things that dads are into now, right? Like the thesis, the point is that like, oh, our dads, you know, it was easy to kind of like make fun of them. And like they kind of had codified a little bit. Like the, when we talk about dads, maybe your dad didn't do this, but your friend's dads did this stuff. Like there was a bunch of things that we universally understood to be dad things, whether you saw them in real life or just TV or or by proxy, like uh, riding a lawnmower, things like that. And their dads, I think it was even cleaner because of monoculture, essentially, right? This generation of dads, of which Oren and I are both, it's different for us, partially because I think this generation of dads is embracing being a dad in a different way. Like, Oren, let me ask you, how many people do you know who have an opinion of kids television programming can can have real discourse about like the shows that their kids are watching do you know people who have opinions about bluey i was gonna ask you have you seen Bluey? do you think your dad knew what ducktales was do you think your dad Mm. like my dad could not name a single cartoon i was watching and i was obsessed with them my dad's a good dad yeah i mean that's yeah definitely there's this jimmy kimmel thing where he interviews dads and their like kids on the street in hollywood and he'll literally be like, they'll be like, so uh, can you name one of your daughter's teachers? Nothing. What school does mm-hmm. your daughter go to? Uh, so-and-so with like, no, I, w- I haven't gone there for four years. Like, what color are your daughter's eyes? <laughs> no clue. Um, like dads, our generation's dad, like know nothing about their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, we know way more. So dad code. Okay, New York Times article. Let's read it. Sorry for the short episode. We got to go. This episode is edited by Noah Bayshore. Tonight, it's coming out tomorrow morning. We'll know if SAG struck or not. Can't wait to find mm-hmm. out. The music you're listening to is from the Free Music Archive and the artist Jazar, produced by Tyler Small. We love you all. We'll catch you next week with the full-length episode, which we're going to record right now. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.